And now, from the Room 111 Studios, it's the Retired Teacher Coach Podcast with James Sternovan. What up, listener? Welcome back to the Retired Teacher Coach Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm going to lead this episode off with the problem, which is retirement is a major life change and some anxiety is to be expected. I retired from K-12 teaching in May of 2019. In February of 2019, I was teaching away and not yet planning on drifting off into the sunset. Everything changed that month when our school board announced that they were offering a buyout to veteran teachers to ease labor costs. Suddenly, I was presented with a lucrative option that I wasn't anticipating. I took my school board up on their offer, and I only had three months left in the school year to second-guess myself. Well, this episode is so wonderful because I'm going to interview my wife, Penny Sturdivant, who will retire in three months. We recorded this episode in February of 2022. It's a time capsule. My objective is to record another episode with her next fall or winter where we can check back in on her and see how she's done. But the focus of this episode will be on her mindset now, three months before retirement. Penny became a mom in 1981. She's had a kid under roof or a job since then. We're now empty nesters, and in three months, she'll be retired. This will be a massive transition for her and comes with a degree of anxiety. I really think you're going to enjoy this episode, and I can't wait to see how she's doing in six to nine months. I help retired educators make awesome health and lifestyle choices. My name is James Sturdivant. I taught high school for 34 years. I'm over 60. I'm in great shape, and I feel fantastic. I would love for you to take my coaching on a free 21-day test drive. Just navigate over to the retiredteachercoach.com and sign up. It's time for you to reclaim your vitality. So here we are in the Room 111 studios and it is the perfect day to record this. I'm sitting here with my lovely wife Penny. Hello. Patting her on the knee right now. Say, well, you already said hello. Good job. And the reason it's a perfect day to record this is because she has a snow day. It's early in February. It's a Thursday. It's still in the morning. We haven't hit noon yet. And you are out of school today. And you are home with me on a Thursday morning. How's that going for you? Well, <laughs> it's a little different and a challenge from my normal. But it's going. It's nice to be home and safe and warm. I'm so glad you answered that way. I wasn't sure where you'd go with that. <laughs> so you're okay sitting around with me on a Thursday morning? Yes. Well, you got to get used to it because we're going to do that more often. Now, this episode, as I explained in the introduction, is a setup for a episode that we're going to do later, uh, probably fall, winter of next year where we check back in with Penny. So uh, you're in a big time of transition, correct? A big time. (laughs) All right, now before we get started, we have to lay a little groundwork for my listeners. Uh, This is a very odd question for a husband to ask his wife. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I always joked that she would do a lot better than I would on a dating app. But how would you describe yourself on a dating app? I have never thought of this personally until you ask me. Um, so this is not an easy answer. I guess my best answer is to be, I'm eclectic. Um, I love the outdoors. I love nature. Um, I guess I would be classified as a tomboy. Is it okay at 60, almost 60 to say you're a tomboy? Because Tom Man sounds funny. Um, I, I really, nature and people are probably my two things. I, I like seeing people happy. I like helping people be happy. I love hiking, working out. Uh, I just like keeping busy. Uh, I'm not one to just sit around a lot, but when I do sit around, I love watching a good comedy or sitcom or biographies and autobiographies are always things that I um, have a lot of interest in watching. So uh, that's me. That would have worked for me. And I think that you can, uh, anybody that doesn't know what the word eclectic is, you can just cross them off your list. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, obviously we're married. But uh, what's our connection? How, how did we? How did our paths cross? Through friends. Um, you were teaching in the high school that I graduated from, living That's in right. the town I lived in. That's right. Uh, I had moved back to the town and had finished college and was um, in a, a an educational position. Um, and I, we had common friends, and they had a party and introduced us. Now, our paths crossed a few times before that, but we didn't know it. That's right. Uh, I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) And um, somebody must have told you that I liked Bruce Springsteen, and you did a little Bruce Springsteen thing at the party, which helped me remember you. The things we do. Yeah. And then from there, we um, went out, and then we went whitewater rafting shortly after that. And Mm -hmm. Um, we just had a lot of fun on an adventure, and we talked, and mm-hmm. you were and went on. You were very easy to be around. Am I still? <laughs> I was going to say that was past tense. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, you are. Uh, now you have a wonderfully rich resume, and what I like about this conversation where we just went is when I met you. You had begun your education career, and then you were in a period of transition then, too. Correct. Um, Jobs were not real easy to come by back after uh, in the 80s when I graduated, and I had the good fortune of starting out in actually an institutional setting, helping Mm -hmm. uh, very severely disabled and mentally and um, sometimes physically disabled uh, individuals, uh, of which... Some of my, at that time they called clients, um, were in the school age. So they needed a school age teacher uh, to work with these students. So I took the position, uh, worked with them, uh, very, very, very low level. Um, I think my highest uh, uh, student was probably academically in the age range of three or could be do a few things that a five-year-old might do. Uh, so that was a real stretch from being someone who had challenged themselves to be a science teacher and yet taking some coursework, working with them, I really grew to appreciate uh, that experience. And I hope I've carried that with me through my whole career. 
went on to teach at a small school, 7th through 12th grade sciences, mm-hmm. then into um, counseling at a middle school level, jumped to high school counseling, mm-hmm. stayed there for the longest piece of my career, 14 years, uh, and then moved to uh, assistant principal, high school, middle school assistant principal, then principal for middle school, mm-hmm. and now winding down my career at the uh, district level, where I work a lot with the high school still, uh, but it's called a college career readiness coordinator, which a lot of my position focuses on kids who are taking coursework and pathways um, while they're in college and getting college or high school and getting college credit for that. So this is year 35? Year 35. Okay. Question. May of 2022, you're cashing in. You're, you're, you're retiring. Why now? I think lots of reasons. Uh, One, I think mentally and physically, it's just kind of come around to say it's time. I I don't want to go out when I'm ruined. I think I'm going out when I'm still effective and hopefully setting ways and helping staff and students. Um, I'm still enjoying what I do. Yeah. But I think I've kind of been there and done that and ready for something different. That's the personal side. Um, On the career side, 35 and 60 match up with our retirement system pretty well. So it was a point in time to think, is it time to exit? And uh, I could pull in a lot of reasons as to why, maybe with the pandemic coming on, just reevaluating life in general. Mm -hmm. Um, It was an important opportunity for me to say, what else? What next? Um, being, um, a, I, I even wrote this in my um, letter of retirement. Uh, science is my f- first love in education. And uh, in science, you believe something's um, always got to be changing and growing, evolving, in other words, mm-hmm. or, or they're dying. Uh, you look at a flower, it's going to bloom, it's going to get color, it's going to get full, and then it's at its peak, and if something doesn't change, it dies. So I t- thought of this as an opportunity to change and grow. And Okay, that's, that's a great segue because, you know, I like to focus on a problem for each of my episodes, and I, I think you set this up well when you're talking about transitions and evolving and adapting. And this is a major life change. In the introduction, I talked about you. Uh, you had a child in 18 years old in 1981. And that was in, well, that was in 1981. And so you've had a kid under roof or a full-time job for the last 42 years. So this is a major life change. I mean, that's a huge chunk of your life there, 42 years. And with that comes some anxiety. And, you know, I was anxious before I retired. So do you have some anxiety about retirement? Yes, I do. Um, You know, in addition to those numbers you put out, uh, it'll be over, it's 50 years, five years that I've been involved in education. When you think of being a student, moving on to college, moving into the career, and now, so, um, you know, outside of the five years that I was just a toddler, I haven't been involved in a school. So that brings anxiety to me that um, just that uh, calendar year 
involvement yeah. Yeah. in school. Uh, you know, the expectations, I know what to expect and I don't know what to expect in retirement. Um, a lot of changes for me. Um, That's an interesting answer. So the the predictable nature of your calendar and your day mm-hmm. is something while you wouldn't necessarily feel like you have to hang on to it. It's just going to be a massive adjustment. Right. In fact, I'm looking forward to not having that. Yeah. And not having that, you know, early morning, you know, commitments and consistent day after day. Um, I, I, that does excite me, but it brings anxiety to me because on days when I'm at home, if unplanned, I'm like, what do I do? What do right. I do? And now right. I'm looking at days and days of that <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, have to figure that out. And, and with me or... <laughs> and, and additional issues. And also, you know, it's an economic change for us. Sure. That's anxiety for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back to my statement of evolving, um, I don't want to wither away. I don't want to not be relevant to my grandchildren, my children, my family, or society. So how do you balance all that? Mm -hmm. Um, And yet there's a lot of things I'm looking forward to. And I know inside of me, I know this is an opportunity and I need to take advantage of it. You surprised me with that answer. Because I thought, and I know that this, I mean, we've talked, I know that this is something you're, you're concerned about, but I thought you would lead with, Oh my gosh, I'm going to miss people. Um, I think I will. Um, <laughs> it's like, nope, I'm not missing. <laughs> no, and that's part of it. But I, I feel like I'm very blessed to live in a neighborhood, yeah. have family, yeah. have, and I'm looking forward to some reconnections. Sure. So I think the challenge to me is making that happen. Okay, okay, and we'll get to that. But but one thing that's that's obvious about Penny, if you've been around her at all, is kids come to her for answers. They come to her for help. They come to her for solutions. She is a problem solver. And you're accustomed to having a 16-year-old person sitting in a desk beside you saying, Mrs. Sturdivant, I can't figure this out. Mrs. Sturdivant, what should I do? You're going to miss that. Yeah. I am. <laughs> I, I, I truly am. I, just uh, yesterday and the day before, a couple students, and we were having fun. We were talking about it. I saw some excitement in their eyes. Uh, that will be an unfortunate thing that I leave behind. And anybody who is on the verge of retirement who is uh, who hasn't considered this, it is a big factor. And I've talked to a lot of retired folks. It is a big factor. I'm glad that you're recognizing it now. Uh, okay, now, retiring from teaching is similar, not not identical, but similar to becoming an empty nester. Now, you and I are empty nesters. And I, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm taking a stretch here, but I think empty nesting really hits moms harder than dads. In general, probably, yes. <laughs> and you're an empty nester? How did becoming an empty nester, because again, you became a mom so young, how did that impact you? And can you see some correlations? Absolutely. Um, You know, I spent decades always trying to figure out schedules and plans and how 
this impacts, what will they eat, where will they go, just keeping things organized and directed for everybody. And I was in charge. Uh, With them leaving, you know, that transition, they call say cutting the apron strings or whatever, I'm not in charge of them anymore. And I don't have as many people to direct. I sometimes chase you around, which is sometimes like herding a cat. But I also will miss, maybe that's control, yeah. Um, I will miss the busyness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will miss being that kind of need. Yeah. Uh, so I think the correlation to empty nest is, is a very com- comparable yeah. to leaving an educational setting where particularly young people are relying upon you or coming to you. Uh, on the other hand, I think, I just keep trying to say, I think you should always be um, taking those experiences with you and looking forward. And how do you fulfill that? I know you pretty darn well. And we've talked a lot about anxiety, but I know there's some excitement there. Yes. Let's talk about the excitement <laughs> side. Let's, let's talk about what you're, what you're pumped about. I'm excited about, for the first time, maybe kind of ever, uh, the first time, um, or at least in a long, long time, being able to think, what do I want to do? Uh-huh. Uh, and and putting some things in order and doing it without feeling rushed, such as right, right. Um, simple, silly things. And I know I'll run out of these things, but things I want to do on our home. Mm-hmm. Uh, from painting to, I inherited a lot of pictures from your family, scanning pictures and, you know, kind of uh, organizing those so people have them and I can get rid of a whole bunch mm-hmm. of stuff. Uh, a little bit of purge in the house, uh, but also, you know, looking forward to doing things for people and maybe helping them and surprising them from, uh, you know, being able, I have your re- mom's recipes, some of my grandparents' recipes, mm-hmm. my recipes, and the kids are always asking, how do you make this or do that? I want to put those together for them, something that they have, much like the pictures, I guess. I want to be able to go pick up one of my grandkids from school and say, hey, let's let's go do this and not worry about how it impacts my day and getting back to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, being there when our adult children uh, need us maybe on a, on a snow day and um, just being able to visit with my mom. Um, and uh, particularly lately, I've been thinking a lot about we live close to where I grew up, just a county away. But I haven't connected to people from my youth in a long, long time and uh, would be excited to, even if it's just a casual visit with some, uh, really excited to maybe do that. And people Mm -hmm. who have been my past been very important to me, um, be able to revisit them. And I'm going to make a prediction that you're going to agree with this. Although sometimes when I make that prediction, it gets me into trouble. (laughs) True. I'll bet you are looking forward to not having an alarm. Yes. I'll bet you are looking forward to getting up in the morning and working out and not feeling rushed. With this snow day today, it's been one of the first in a long time where I felt like if I'm going to work out, I got to get it in and I got to do it. And Uh I was able to take some time with it. I know in retirement that doesn't happen every day, but it is an opportunity for me to get healthier uh, uh, because I really enjoy a lot of activity. 
okay, physical activity. I'm going to I'm going to put the pressure on you. I don't know that this is going to happen, but this is one thing I'd love to see you do is my wife is a worker. I mean, she's a country girl. She gets things done. And when dinner wraps up and, you know, we're going to bed at 10 o'clock to get ready for school the next day, if something's not done, it's going to get done. And that might mean working till 9 o'clock, 9.30. Do you think you're going to be able to say, this doesn't need done right now? That'll be a challenge because <laughs> I, I like to be a finisher on things. But I, I do think maybe I can carry over from my work to my retirement. I'm kind of a planner. Mm -hmm. And so if I can tell myself that I'm going to work on this today till this time and tomorrow will be there and I can start again, that's not an opportunity I have mm -hmm. had in the past or I have right now. And I would like... To do that, I, I would like to not be under the gun for everything I want to do. So I think it'll challenge me, but I think I can. Okay, here's the last question because we're, we're going to put this in a time capsule and we're going to open it in six to nine months Okay. and see how you're doing. Hopefully you're still around. <laughs> Hopefully you haven't left. I, don't, I hope you don't have any plans. No, I thought maybe <laughs> you'd put the dating app up and you'd be gone. Oh, <laughs> and if she put the picture on the dating app, she'd be in business, man. Okay, what's one what's one thing that you're dying to do? What's one crazy thing you just want you just can't wait to do? In the middle of a week, decide to just get up and go somewhere and oh, spend yeah. the day doing whatever. Yeah. My thoughts go to going and taking a hike in the middle of a day. Right. And it just doesn't matter because tomorrow I can sleep in if I'm exhausted, mm -hmm. or I can we can just. Take off on a drive and do something. I did this last November. I got up one day and decided I wanted to drive to Canton, Ohio and go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And you looked at me and thought, man, I'd like to be retired and go with you, didn't you? I think I thought something worse than that day, but I was very <laughs> jealous. Okay, loving wife. We're going to talk to you soon. Bye. So here we are at the What You Can Do About It section. This offering in this episode because just a basic cost uh, benefit analysis that you're going to do. So, you know, whether you are newly retired, retired, or looking at retirement in the very near future, I want you to make a list of all the things that make you anxious about this new stage of life. And you can think of these things as liabilities and then make another list of all the things that excite you. <laughs> about this new phase in life and you can consider these things assets and then compare the list and see see if you can take any of the things that you're excited about any of the things that you consider assets and perhaps apply them to things you're anxious about or to liabilities see if you can solve see if you can fix any of those things that you're anxious about with the tremendous opportunities <laughs> that retirement brings. And finally, if this episode moved you, I hope it did, uh, come visit me at theretiredteachercoach.com and set up a conference call. I'd love to talk about these issues further. Hey, <laughs> this is a big life change. Retirement is a major life change, but it can be awesome. It has for me. 
Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening, and please visit us at theretiredteachercoach.com. Listen to every episode of the Retired Teacher Coach podcast by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Goodbye for now.